0: Welcome to a very special complete box set edition of the Tom DeLay story on the Best of the Left podcast with clips today from 2006 as Rachel Maddow, Al Franken, The Young Turks, and Slate Magazine discuss DeLay's initial indictment, then springing forward to 2010 and 11 clips as The Young Turks, It's All Politics, Jim Hightower, The Majority Report, Citizen Radio, and Countdown discuss DeLay's conviction and sentencing with a bonus video clip for our Apple iOS and Android app users from Brave New Films.
1: today's Rachel Maddow Show front page. Uh, is the biggest political bombshell to break over Washington in quite some time. The hammer has fallen. The exterminator is checking into the Roach Motel. The whip, apparently, is whipped. Tom DeLay stepping down. Not only is he not going to run for re-election this November, he is apparently going to resign in either May or June. We are expecting some uh, official announcement from DeLay sometime this morning. They have released a little bit of a statement from him. We've got a little audio of that that I'll be playing for you just a moment in the meantime here's what we know tom delay is the guy who who more than any other single republican in congress Any other single Republican politician anywhere has helped shape Republican politics in Washington. This is the guy who got them holding open uh, votes for hours to squeeze out one last vote. This is the guy who got Republicans redistricting all the states to give their candidates an advantage in congressional elections. This is the guy who led the impeachment of President Clinton. This is the guy who turned the whole lobbying industry in Washington into part of the Republican Party. And yes, this is the guy who apparently had a criminal corruption and bribery operation running out of his office for much of the Past decade. That's according to the charges to which a second Tom DeLay staffer just pled guilty on Friday. Those court papers call Tom DeLay representative number two, which is never good in court papers. Also, it's just embarrassing to ever be called number two. Anyway, uh, but Tom DeLay's former press secretary and his former deputy chief of staff have both pled guilty. They're both turning state's evidence. Jack Abramoff, who Tom DeLay called one of my closest and dearest friends, Also pled guilty, also turned state's evidence. Tom DeLay himself charged last fall with money laundering and campaign finance violations. His trial starts later this year. He is the corruption and bribery center of the universe. So how does the mainstream media explain that he's finally quitting? He's taking one for the team, they're saying. He's not doing this for himself. No, he just wants to be sure the Republican Party doesn't suffer a loss if he has trouble retaining his House seat this year. Here's Chris Matthews straining the bounds of credibility last night on MSNBC.
2: He is one tough politician. Yes, he is. And for him to say that uh, he's got to throw in the towel in the interest of the party so that they can save this seat.
1: In the interest of the party, just to save his seat. No need to talk about corruption or his urgent need to keep himself out of prison. No, he's just doing what's best for the party. He's an honorable strategist. If you don't buy that line, then how about this one? Mike Allen of Time Magazine says Tom DeLay is resigning so he can spend more time help- helping orphans. He
3: said that he wants to go out and talk about uh, foster care, the importance of religion <laughs> and government, and electing more Republicans.
1: Pay no attention to people turning states' evidence all around him. Just repeat what Tom DeLay tells you in your exclusive interviews. I'm resigning to help the Republican Party. or Orphans! No, I'm resigning to help orphans! That's it!
4: Wednesday night, Carl Rose said, and I quote: "Conservatives saw the savage, savagery of 9/11 in the effects of, in, in the attacks and prepared for war. Liberals saw the savage, savagery of 9/11 attacks and wanted to prepare indictments and offer therapeutic understanding for our attackers." That's not
5: slander. That's the truth. 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 We have Norm Ornstein here, not just in the USA, but at George Washington University, a resident scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, where he studies politics, Congress, and elections. And and I'd say you're one of the foremost, it's fair to say, right, one of the foremost experts on Congress. Well, if you say it. Okay. fair to say. And you've written a, a, a new book with uh, Tom Mann. Tom Mann. Uh, from Brookings on Congress, the broken branch. So I want to ask you about Tom DeLay because the fact that he's gone now, there's some Republicans going like, well, he's gone. It's over.
6: And actually, it's, it's more than that. They're saying, it was wonderful to have him here, but now that he's gone, we have no responsibility for anything that he did. It has nothing to do with us, and uh, that's all past us now. And it's not past, uh, of course. I mean, at one level, for, for Democrats who hoped to run against Tom DeLay as the personification of evil here, it's a little harder when he's out of Congress. But uh, if you want to talk about the culture of corruption, here's the reality. If Tom DeLay is out or is in, is leader or isn't leader, and he's indicted uh, on charges of bribery and corruption stemming from his relationship with Jack Abramoff and that of his longtime intimate assistants, uh, that's a huge story. Um, And uh, if he's not indicted, even if he were serving in office, it would be a little harder to gain traction. But right now, the fact that he is out of office or leaving soon after the
5: position he held is itself a huge story. It's a huge story, but it, it's it, isn't it more about? I mean, isn't the story really about what he made this Congress and what this Congress really still is, which is a racket? Uh, it,
6: this is a. Uh, uh, I've said before on the show, and I've written before that this reminds me of the period called the Gilded Age. Uh, which was a term coined by Mark Twain in a novel written in 1873 about a period of time when, uh, the robber barons, uh, huge interests sur- surrounding energy and, uh, and the railroads came into Washington, poured in very large sums of money, found uh, that uh, they could be patrons to prominent figures in Congress and in government, uh, give them money and get favors, enormous favors uh, worth huge sums in return, uh, could get their own people placed all throughout uh, government, and then have some of the money channeled back into campaigns so that they could keep the same people in power and get a self-perpetuating money and power, uh, greedy uh, corruption-based machine going. And it all eventually collapsed. And we've had something similar to that built around the K Street Project. It's also true that uh, Tom DeLay, beyond any question, with the sole exception of Newt Gingrich, has been the most significant uh, figure to serve in Congress in decades, was a dominant figure. Nobody was uh, more responsible for the impeachment of Bill Clinton than Tom DeLay. There's simply no doubt that if DeLay had not been there, you would have seen a consensus developing that censured the president, gotten broad bipartisan support and put it past us. DeLay insisted on taking it to impeachment and pushing it all the way to the map. DeLay had as much to do with Bush's policy success in uh, getting that very narrow majority of Republicans to unite together and give them the tax cuts and then get the Medicare prescription drug bill using whatever means were necessary. The watchword is the ends justify the means. Delay was the driving force behind the K Street project. Use your power in government to coerce uh, interest groups, uh, corporations, uh, trade associations, lobbying firms to hire not just any Republican, but the specific ones you want, mainly coming from staff positions where they could uh, suddenly make three, four, five, ten times what they've been making before, and then make sure that they then max out in contributions back, uh, so, that, uh,
5: so get them jobs in, with special interests and then have these guys who've gotten these jobs contributing back to the party.
6: Maxing out in their contributions to the party. And, of course, uh, part of the uh, game is that those special interests then have a kind of access where they can write their own bills and uh, amendments and uh, have enormous influence whether they deserve
5: it or not so that this is what it has become and what it still is i mean this uh, the, the the removal of delay doesn 't end what this Congress doesn't no. change what this Congress is
6: the only thing that will change what this Congress is uh, is um, a scandal big enough that they're forced to change the basic ways of operation and to change the rules to make it harder to do some of these things uh, and that'll be a while in coming. There are different personalities and they don 't have quite the hard edge of delay. It, delay was a, a remarkably effective legislator uh, I have to say indefatigable relentless, incredible attention to detail uh, all over everything, and also had an understanding of his colleagues on the Republican side and what made them tick and could uh, uh, get them to do things that he wanted them to do. Uh, But what's always characterized Tom DeLay is a guy who looked at the, the rules, the laws, the lines, and said, where are the lines here? And then said, How do I get over those lines, basically? You know, what he himself has said in interviews the last few days is, uh, Hey, I always knew where the lines were, and I stayed just inside them. I had all an armies of lawyers who told me what was right and what wasn't right. He would look, step over the line, figure out how much he could get away with, and it was always the ends justify the means.
5: And, and, okay, now, th- this, this relationship with Abramoff, what this was, was enabling Abramoff to make tons and tons of money based on his relationship with delay and then he would use Abramoff would use that money to pay off the party well he would use some of that money to pay off the party and some of it for
6: an unbelievably lavish lifestyle and some of it he shared with his cronies which happened not coincidentally to include three uh, key intimate staff assistants to delay Michael Scanlon, the communications director who left, uh, became...
5: Uh, Delay's communication director.
6: Uh, Delay's communications director, left and became Abramoff's uh, basic comrade in arms and, of course, uh, made huge sums of money, you know, a lot of it from Indian gambling tribes. They took in $82 million from the Indian gambling tribes, but many other clients as well. And, <coughs> excuse me, he's now been indicted, of course, copped uh, a plea and is cooperating. A good deal of that money, including money uh, when he was still working for Delay, went to Tony Rudy, uh, Delay's deputy chief of staff. What we know among other things is, for another of uh, the Delay clients, so this was not an Indian gambling interest, it was an out- another gambling interest, E-Lottery it was called, that did internet gambling. Right. And this bill came up, sponsored by conservative Republicans who and the fundamentalists who hate gambling, to ban internet gambling. Uh, they wanted to block this. They gave delay. They gave Abramoff a couple of million dollars, and Tony Rudy became his kind of mole inside the delay office, the leader's office, for in return for fifty thousand dollars more for himself and his wife, letting him know everything that was going on and helping them to plot to make sure that they could block this bill. Of course, they hired Ralph Reed, Lewis Sheldon, another great uh, you know leader of the Christian right, to go out there, paying them very large sums of money to basically argue uh against voting for a bill that would block internet gambling. Mm -hmm. Uh and uh they forged a letter with Jeb Bush. What was the reasoning?
5: What was the reasoning that they could pop how can Ralph Reed uh... argue against the bill banning internet gambling
6: basically by uh... alice in wonderland saying that this is a bill that would encourage gambling uh... so don't vote for it you know uh... saying that up is down and down is up then they got uh... a letter that ostensibly was signed by jeb bush taking their position which turned out to have been forged and, uh, and then of course there's Ed Buckham, who has not yet been indicted, who was named in the, uh, uh, plea deal that Tony Rudy just, uh, signed, which would help to precipitate DeLay's resignation. Ed Buckham, who is the chief of staff to DeLay and his minister, uh, mm-hmm. uh on the side. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's remarkable. Uh, went out and created his own lobbying organization called the Alexander Strategy Group that worked hand-in-glove with uh, Abramoff and uh, employed as a consultant one Christine DeLay, uh, Tom DeLay's wife, mm-hmm. and also created a charitable organization using the term loosely called the U.S. Family Network, mm-hmm. uh, ostensibly to promote conservative values and families, that raised over $3 million from mostly from uh, Abramoff's clients. A million bucks from very shady oil and gas interests in russia uh... delay went over to meet with them and then came back and helped to uh... implement their legislative uh... uh wish list uh... money from the sweatshop operators in saipan which you have written about uh-huh. uh, devastatingly money he uh, even shook down a half a million dollars from the republican congressional campaign committee uh... with delays help uh... and and basically and from the gambling tribes uh, um... skimmed buckham skimmed a million off the top for his own lifestyle uh... purposes and for him and his wife and uh, and in in the meantime delay was going with him and these trips arranged to do golfing in scotland going with him to russia and then coming back and uh... voting or helping to push through legislation that fit the needs of these tribes now delay says that he had no idea any of this stuff was going on uh... and uh... you can take that uh, for whatever you want to take it
5: in the the Saipan thing is this this, this is this
6: is disgusting.
5: It's, it's disgusting because this is uh, sweatshop and sex shop uh, exploitation. It's it's using uh, Asian women uh, from China and from the Philippines as sex slaves and as labor slaves, and including forcing them to get abortions. That's and this is a guy who says that he's going to go out now. And uh, after he leaves Congress, and campaign on behalf of uh, Christianity, and, and making sure that there's more religion in politics.
6: Yeah, you know, when I, I've told people that uh, this included forced abortions and that uh, Delay was carrying that agenda, they say that can't be right. Uh, and of course, we know from your own reporting, which and, and reporting on Brian Ross's with, reporting. Yeah uh it, it's 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 right there you can look it up uh, as they say by the way Abramoff started uh by uh, uh uh, creating or running a front organization for the then uh, apartheid South African government to help to promote their interests in the United States and we know that he uh, attempted at least we're not even sure if he did it to get millions of dollars from Omar Bongo a uh, vicious dictator in Africa who wanted to get an audience with the president uh, which he got and we also know now that he made lavish efforts at a skybox uh, at an athletic event here uh with some of the delay staffers present to try and get the contract uh for the government of Sudan uh which mm. of course is uh one of the perpetrators of genocide uh so uh, you know these guys are really bad people
5: and yet delay says he's going to go um, around promoting christianity you know i i i've got a new um a new slogan which is uh, as far as the new testament is concerned uh, I, I believe in original intent. <laughs> uh, I think Jesus really meant it when he talked about uh, the the poorest among us. Uh, Norm, thank you so much for reviewing how important this whole delay thing is. Norm Ornstein, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with Tomorrow.
4: In an act of blatant political partisanship, a rogue district attorney in Travis County Texas named Ronnie Earl charged me with one count of criminal conspiracy a reckless charge wholly unsupported by the facts this is one of the weakest most baseless indictments in in American history it's a sham and mr. Earl knows it. this act is the product of a coordinated premeditated campaign of political retribution, the all too predictable result of a vengeful investigation led by a partisan fanatic. Uh, Mr. Earl, an unabashed partisan zealot with a well-documented history of launching baseless investigations and indictments against his political enemies, in accordance with the rules of the House Republican Conference, I will temporarily, 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 temporarily. step aside as floor leader in order to win exoneration from these baseless charges. Now let me be very, very clear. I have done nothing wrong. I have violated no law. I have violated no law, no regulation, no rule of the House. I have done nothing unlawful, unethical or, I might add, unprecedented, even in the political campaigns of Mr. Earl himself. As for the charges, I have the facts, the law, and the truth on my side. Once exposed to the light of objective scrutiny, every one of their frivolous accusations against me has been dismissed, and so will Mr. Earl's.
7: Now, on with us, here comes Christy. Here comes Christy. Should I do it one more time? Oh, please. There th-
8: comes Christy. I think she might have just she might have just hung up. Oh, no, she's still there. Hi. How are
7: you
9: guys? We're Great. Great. I Harvey.
8: can't believe how
9: much I'm learning tonight. I had no idea that was
8: Foreman. Yeah, there you go. That's what happens when you listen to the Young Turks. You take something See, home. that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> All
7: right. Christy Harvey is the Director of Strategic Communications for the Center for American Progress. Uh, Christy, welcome back to the Young Turks. Lovely how to have ya? you. How are
8: you? I would like, can I set something up before we get into Christy? Because there's some great Tom DeLay quotes we want to talk about. Last time we talked, I, I met, uh, when, I, when, I, when I met Christy and we were talking in Washington, uh, the latest I heard from her is she was talking about how she fell asleep on a blind date.
9: Yeah. And I just- <laughs> How yeah, I, see, that's the kind of stuff I don't talk about on the air. Right. <laughs> but is, thanks for uh, sure. ruining my rep there. <laughs> hey,
8: it, it's, it doesn't speak badly of you. It speaks badly of him.
10: <laughs> I was tired. He was talking about soccer. What's the girl
7: supposed
10: to do? I <laughs> could be hyped up on five cups of coffee. A guy starts talking about soccer, I'm dead in my soup. Right. All right well,
7: Absolutely. There you have it. All and right. he, he was probably saying something like, you know, Maradona, everybody thinks he scored against Germany with that <laughs> hand of God goal, but it was actually England. <laughs>
9: <laughs> well, you guys have to help me out though, because I can't decide how long my my is for it is allowed to last on this delay stuff. I
7: think it's oh, certain. Uh, you got good amount of time there. You got a lot of cushion on that one. Christmas.
9: I started off
10: saying 24 hours because I'm not a gloating kind of gal, Clearly. and I just pushed it to a week.
9: All right. <laughs> well, we well,
10: we've, we've already pushed the Tom Delay uh, farewell extravaganza now into two whole days. So I mean, we're almost dedicating 6 hours to Tom Delay. Okay. So, okay. It, I'm guessing it'll still
8: go to Friday. I think you got to take it into the weekend. You got to enjoy the weekend with it. <laughs>
9: that's true. That's true. I've got to have my farewell Tom cocktail. So, so no we will push it into the weekend. All
7: right. All right. Now, by the way, uh, an ode to Tom DeLay coming up a little bit later in the show, and obviously we'll take all of your calls on what you think of this great uh, day in America as Tom DeLay steps down. And we'll explain also, of course, why it is such a great day. And a perfect setup to that is uh, the quotes that you guys have compiled at the Center for American Progress, Christy. Uh, it gives you a sense of why everybody's so ecstatic that Tom DeLay is gone, not just because of the corruption, but because he's a loathsome guy.
8: Otherwise. And it shows, it shows, sorry, Christy, it just shows the value with, even with George Bush, with Dick Cheney, with Tom DeLay, with all these guys, these sort of un-American, blatantly corrupt guys, that there's so many horrible stories that you forget. And it's great when you remind yourself and put it all together and you're like, oh yeah, that's right, they're, they're, they're this bad. And so. so Well, that's
9: the thing is, I started thinking this morning about all the different corruptions he's been involved with and thought, you know, I'm probably forgetting a few and started to look
10: And then I started to find some of these quotes and thought, oh, my God, I had completely forgotten he's that guy. So, Christy, now, he came out today and talked about how much time he wants to dedicate to foster children. So, um, working off one of his quotes, what do you think um, a planned activity could be for these foster children that he's going to help out?
9: Well, um, I'm not sure. Um, but I'm pretty sure that maybe they could go camping in the Astrodome.
10: Definitely, maybe after losing their home and families and, right. and, and See, swimming around in feces. He's the guy that after
9: these poor kids lost everything and had to be air vac to the Astrodome, where they yeah, lived in
10: absolute and filth, he stopped out and said, Hey, guys, aren't you guys having some fun here? Jesus. Oh, and they so, were having fun. He, he uh, took the same talking point as Barbara Bush there. Now, right. um, a, lo- a lot of these other Lawson people in the, um, in the conservative group have great excuses as to why they didn't join forces in Vietnam. Rush Limbaugh had a tail. Uh, Dick Cheney, I forget what he was doing. but He was too busy. Dick <laughs> Cheney was just too busy. other priorities. Now, why, why did Tom DeLay
9: not go? Well, this is my favorite one. Tom DeLay could not go to Vietnam because of affirmative action. He he said and this is a direct quote. He said that he missed out on serving in Vietnam because quote, so many minority youths volunteered. There literally was no room for patriotic folks like myself.
7: But there's so much to love about yeah, that quote, right. but the one that I particularly enjoy is that Obviously, the minority youth are not part of the patriotic no, folks that's like the, himself.
8: The subject, right, that's right. the best part, is that no room for patriotic folks like myself, unlike the Hispanics and the coloreds. Since since, right.
7: since all these minorities signed up to die, <laughs> there was you know no room for patriotic people like me. It's just the unpatriotic uh, African American and, Latin, and Latino kids who wanted to die for their country. You know? Right?
10: They're just being selfish. They're just being selfish by not letting Tom Delay serve. Now, I've saved one of my favorite for the climax, the middle of this segment. I fancy myself a woman. Um, I fancy myself a radio host. Yes. I've often labeled myself a daughter. Yes. Uh,
7: It's hard to argue with those. Yeah.
10: What is one of the things that Tom DeLay considers himself? Well, actually, I'm glad you asked that, Jill. He's Jesus. (laughs) Um, He was talking about how he wanted to. He came
9: to D.C. He came to Washington and wanted to get into national politics because he wanted to bring a biblical world view mm. to the country and he was asked by a reporter um... Tom, what if a lot of people don't want a biblical worldview?" Mm-hmm. and he, he actually said the truth hurts it's human nature not to
10: face that people hate the messenger that's why they killed christ so, so he's claimed he's jesus in, he's jesus, in, in, yes. in, in his own words and this is going to help him in his uh, in, in in his next line of work after he leaves Congress because he wants to find a way to meld government and religion together. So, as the face of Jesus and what he uh, considers himself as the federal government, which <laughs> oh he yes, himself, <laughs> that's my
9: other favorite. That's my other favorite. He can go forward so, without anyone's help. Yeah. He was smoking in a federal building. A staffer came over and said, "Gee whiz, Mr. Delay, you can't smoke in here." Uh, It's a federal building. The federal, federal government says you can't smoke. And he turned around
8: and said, I am the federal government. It It was a
9: total Jack Nicholson moment. I was going
8: to say, it sounds like, uh, yeah, it does. It totally sounds like a line in a movie you wouldn't believe. I was going to go with. No, Alec Baldwin. I was going to go with Alec Baldwin. That's exactly, yeah. I am God. I am the federal government.
7: I am Jesus. You guys guys went on that one. That's even better. Uh, You know, look, all those, of course, are loathsome. And by the way, as he was talking about the separation of church and state, he also said, that uh, he believes the separation of Trojan State is a myth. Yeah. Right. You know, so if it was up to Tom DeLay, he would have combined Trojan State already. But actually, uh, you know, and all these Republicans go nuts whenever Dick Turbin or anybody else ever mentions the Nazi word and compares it to anything else. But what did Tom DeLay have to say about the Embi- Environmental Protection Agency, Christy?
9: Well, that's how he got into politics in the first place, because he used to be, as we all know, an exterminator. And he didn't like the government regulations about uh, his poisons. And so he used to walk around and say that the EPA was the Gestapo of government. (laughs) The Gestapo of
7: government. Yeah, I mean, trying to protect the environment, that sounds like a brown shirt to me. Yeah, and also. Absolutely. How dare
8: they? I would just like to point out that the problems with the Nazis and the Gestapo wasn't that they were trying to restrict access to poison.
7: Yeah, right. they, were, they were trying to spread it more. By the way, uh, here's another one on religion. Co- Columbine. Uh, apparently, he had figured out why Columbine happened. That could have really helped authorities. What was his theory, Christy?
9: Well, Deloy blamed the shootings on at Columbine, not on Marilyn Manson, not on video games. But he really put the blame where it counts. He said it was a bad He said that Columbine wouldn't have happened, but the school systems were teaching kids they were nothing but glorified apes. And I didn't put it in here. Later on in that same speech, he also blamed it on daycare and working
8: mothers. Yeah, nothing but glorified apes, Delay said, who are evolutionized out of some primordial soup. Yes.
7: That if you teach the kids that, of course, they'll wind up killing each other.
8: Absolutely. That's why you need to teach the Bible in public schools. We only got time for one final one here, Christy. Uh, tax cuts uh, during a war. What a time this? War. is
9: This is really recent. This is right yeah. before we invaded Iraq. And he said, people said, shouldn't we not cut taxes going into a war? And he said, nothing is more important in the face of a war than cutting taxes.
7: Yeah, how about casting Osama bin Laden? That would seem like that would be a little bit more important. How about planning for the war? Yeah, that would I be. Was, a little yeah, bit I was thinking more. about
9: exit strategies. Yeah,
7: yeah or f- figuring out if there's going to be a civil war. No, cutting taxes is more important. Chrissy Harvey for the Center for American Progress, thanks for putting this together to remind us what a bad guy left
11: office today. Thanks, guys.
12: Hello, this is Congressman Tom DeLay. As you probably know, the very partisan Travis County DA recently manufactured an indictment against me that is based on charges of the 2002 Texas State House election. These charges are groundless and false. I am completely innocent. Justice Senator Kay Bailey Hutchinson and other public officials have defeated similar attacks from this VA. I will prove his allegations are baseless and without merit. Despite this partisan distraction, I will continue to represent you and fight for the interests of our community. You will soon receive a letter from me outlining exactly what is happening and why. I hope you'll take a moment to read it and then join my effort to fight this out of control district attorney. Thank you for listening.
13: Hello, this is John Dickerson and welcome to another Slate Political Gab Fest. I am in the Slate conference room once again with uh, Slate Senior Editor Emily Bazelon and Deputy Editor David Plotz for another week of exciting discussion. Um, we're going to talk today about first about Tom DeLay. He's gone. David, your
7: thoughts?
14: <laughs> we're going to miss that that little bug. Uh, no, not the bug. He's the bug killer. That's right. He, once said, he once said, I'm just a bug man. Um, was- <laughs> I, you can't help just sort of taking pleasure in watching him work. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed seeing his work for the past 10 years. And it's nice in a world of uh, deception and falseness to have somebody, a politician who's like such a throwback, who's so happily aggressive and vicious and unfair and corrupt and, um, it's very 19th century, and it's a shame that he's gone. I couldn't agree more, Emily.
10: Well, my favorite line was the one you pointed out in your piece about how he was reveling in having taken K Street and making it, taken it from being Democratic and made it Republican, which you're not supposed to say out loud, but, of course, is one of his
5: big accomplishments.
13: Yeah, that's right. I mean, usually, uh, especially on their way out, politicians get a little misty about all the great things they've done for America, and he got most exercised about the fact that he basically put Democratic lobbyists out of business and replaced them with Republican lobbyists. I yeah I, I I just totally agree with David in terms of his kind of unabashed open knee in the groin way of behaving and also he really got things done I mean maybe not for the causes people might support but he he had an efficiency about him that we sort of like in in or never think of in or associate with Washington I mean if he wanted to get something done he knew who to kill he knew who to influence and and make cower and that kind of, you know, efficiency is, uh, I don't know, it's sort of uh, refreshing because there's so much dithering in Washington.
14: I finally caught up with that amazing Wall Street Journal for article from, I guess, last week. I mean, oh, maybe 10 week. days ago or something about Michael Scanlon's fiance <laughs> and how the whole unraveling of delay and his staff occurred because... Partly because of Mike Scanlon's fiance who was also a delay staffer. Ex
15: Ex-fiancé. Ex-fiancé, Ex-fiancé turned
14: on him. Yeah. But they it's portrayal the inner workings of the delay office mm-hmm. with this kind of hyper aggro attitude and this shoot anyone in the knees who crosses you. Um
13: was fantastic. David is Michael Scanlon was the former press secretary for Tom Delay, and what David's referring to is his fiance. He left his fiance rather quickly for a uh, for another woman, for a waitress whom to whom twenty four year old waitress to whom he married to whom he married. Um, and, and, the, and you take it from there, David. Well,
14: no, the the fiance, this woman Emily Miller, who had also, I guess, was a press secretary for Delay That's afterwards. Right. After Scanlon jilted her, started to ask questions, and went and talked to Scanlon's ex wife about. You know, isn't it funny that? since he doesn't really do that much work and, you know, he's never really had much of a job and he's a lifeguard in the summer that he just bought a $5 million house and flies Hmm. on private jets everywhere. Didn't
10: bother me when I was going to move into the house, (laughs) but now it seems kind of (laughs) troubling.
13: And the and the funny thing too is in this Delay exit interview, he talks about how Abramoff and Tony Rudy, who is also a former member of his staff, who's been uh, caught, and Scanlon, who's been caught, and others associated with Delay have been caught. Delay said, so, "Well, you know, those were all just bad apples." But the point of the article David's talking about, and this fact that that Delay changed the culture of lobbying in Washington, is that Delay was neck deep in this. I mean that 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 he created this whole you know shoot him in the kneecaps structure, and if even if he wasn't involved in illegal activity, he allowed this sort of festering thing to go on around him. So he's at least responsible for giving birth to him.
12: I wanted to give you an update on the Travis County DA's legal circus. Last weekend, it became clear that Ronnie Earle's original indictment was unraveling. It would not stand up in court so mr earl rushed to influence two more grand juries. one of which found no evidence to indicting, while the others followed mr earl's partisan direction the new charges are based
11: on no new evidence wolf in the end all the tough talk was reduced to i quit to borrow a phrase from roberto duran no mas when a second aide, to congressman tom delay pled guilty in the abramoff investigation and agreed to cooperate with prosecutors Mr. DeLay suddenly became just another disgraced public servant who couldn't take the heat. DeLay is also under criminal indictment in a separate case in Texas. He was known as the Hammer when he was Majority Leader in the House, a big, tough-talking, strong-arm artist who could deliver votes to the Bush White House. He would strut around on Capitol Hill like a cocky little bandy rooster. Today he slithered away from Congress to await his fate at the hands of the criminal justice system. Good riddance.
0: Now, come with me from the distant past of 2006 forward into the future of that distant past, or what you and I currently know as the more recent past of 2010. <laughs>
8: Uh, Tom DeLay, Jenka, uh, uh convicted um, uh, by a Texas jury of illegally funneling corporate money to Texas candidates in 2002, um, deliberated, the jury did, in Austin for 19 hours before delivering those guilty verdicts. Uh, apparently, you know, we know the story, it's old though now, prosecutors uh, say uh, DeLay uh, used his pack to uh, send $190,000 that would be illegal to corporate donate in corporate donations into the Texas legislative races, um, all in a design to redo the Texas map uh, and create more Republican congressmen in Texas, and it worked. Yeah, here's the amazing part uh, for the money laundering charges, he can get life in prison. Yeah, I was saving that part. That's the best part. He faces up to life in prison. I'm sure he won't, well I'm not sure of anything. It seems unlikely based on other cases that we know of, but I love reading that he faces up to life in prison.
7: Yeah, so you can tell obviously, you know, from the the range of uh, possible punishments to the conviction to the charges that he was convicted of, this is very very serious. And uh all along of course Tom Delay had maintained, oh no, of course not, and he still maintains today this is just politics and you know and I can't believe they do this, but when a jury in Texas convicts you of these incredibly serious charges for you to pretend that it was nothing but politics all along, well that's that's a harder case to make.
8: Two nicknames that you don't want to have if you're in prison in Texas. Hot Tub Tom. <laughs> Yes. Uh and the hammer. <laughs> yeah.
7: Those are Tom DeLay's the nicknames and uh first of all, hot tub tom oh. will get you in
8: a lot of hot water. There you go. That's exactly right. And all of a sudden, uh Tom DeLay's uh, favorite phrase of lowering the hammer, all of a sudden not so appealing.
7: Yeah. You know what, I'm gonna leave it right there. I was gonna get into a lot of hammer references, <laughs> but Tom DeLay's already in enough trouble. Yeah. What'd you do today? I pounded the hammer. Oh, Jesus, Lord, mercy. <laughs> and Tom DeLay goes from the House of Representatives to the big house.
8: Yeah, just leave it at pounding the hammer, man. Why you got to keep going? We had it, and then you just totally undid it.
12: <laughs> so don't come up to me and say all I can. It's you say your hate if that's the exactly. And I don't want to be bothered Just want to be bothered With real love And so I heard It's no good to run But it feels so much better Now that it's done Than tonight
6: Our old friend Tom DeLay was convicted last week. This was a shocker.
15: Over the Thanksgiving week, I mean, Tom DeLay... We all knew this case had to be resolved at some point or another, either by a trial or by dismissal of the charges or by some sort of deal. I think we all expected there to be some sort of plea and he would never go to jail. And I still don't think he's going to go to jail. No, but... But, but the, wow, the sentence, got clobbered The sentence says that jury. he could face up to 99 years I, I mean, in prison. He was shocked and he was clearly yeah, he stunned. Appeal. I have appeal. never yeah. seen Tom DeLay yeah. so surprised yeah. or so wind knocked out of his sails. I mean, even when he had to leave Dancing with the Stars, I mean, it was just nowhere near as much of of a shock and so what happens now I don't expect him to go to jail but it does make it much more difficult for him to get back into politics I believe we were thinking a few months ago that this environment this this atmosphere in Texas was going to be perfect for him he'd be exonerated and then he would go on to run for certainly Congress again maybe for the Senate maybe run against Kay Bailey Hutchison maybe run for governor maybe run for president (laughs) and then march on to a really big office
5: (laughs)
16: Tom DeLay, the former Republican lawmaker, was once so powerful that he declared, I am the federal government. But some commoners in Texas just cut him down to size. On Thanksgiving Eve, after a three-week trial on two felony counts of illegally laundering corporate cash into Texas politics, the jury pronounced him guilty. Tommy the Powerful is now Tommy the Felon. What happened is that DeLay finally got exposed as an ethically unhinged lawmaker willing to run political errands for corporations that fund his political ambitions. The story of his fall, however, is really the story of a few people who stood up to power and did what's right. First came the feisty crew at Texans for Public Justice, a watchdog group that tracks the corporate money in politics. In 2002, they noted that a delay front group had given $190,000 in corporate funds to the National Republican Party, which then sent the exact same sum to seven Texas candidates. This smelled like a dirty laundering job, so TPJ went to the district attorney. That DA was Ronnie Earle. Foes demanded, and even friends urged, that he not touch this case. Delay is too powerful, they said, to defeat on such charges. But Earl could also sniff the stink, so he launched his own investigation. DeLay squealed, squirmed, and stalled, but Earl weathered it all, and in 2005, DeLay was indicted. This November, after five more years of ducking and dodging, DeLay finally had to face a force that he could not buy or intimidate, a jury of 12 ordinary citizens. This is Jim Hightower saying, DeLay whined that the jurors were Democrats out to get him but half were independents or republican. Indeed, any one juror has the power to stop a verdict, but none did. They voted unanimously to convict Mr. I am the government.
3: Here's some pretty good news. Well, listen, something. Well, even a little happier, I think. Like, what do we got? Like, I was a lonely. that because this is actually pretty happy in and of itself.
16: Come with me. You no.
3: Know? Let's see. How about this? A judge yesterday ordered Tom DeLay, former U.S. House Majority Leader, to serve three years in prison for his role uh, in a scheme to illegally funnel corporate money to Texas candidates in 2002. I hope this isn't too uh, too heated of rhetoric, but let me just say... (laughs) And... And, of course, we'll do it. Oh. The sentence comes after a jury. Oh, please, people, sit down. Sit down. The sentence comes after a jury in November convicted to on charges of money laundering and conspiracy to commit money laundering. This is my favorite quote of his. I can't be re- remorseful. Are you ready for this hard-hitting denial? of delays incidentally he also accepted the uh, 10 years of probation instead of more prison time so um this is his hard hitting denial i can't be remorseful for something i don't think i did <laughs> how's that i don't think i did it <laughs> Senior judge passed uh, Pat Priest sentence a three-year term on conspiracy charge. He also sentenced him five years in prison on money laundering charge, but allowed delay to accept ten years of probation instead of more prison time. He was immediately taken into custody, but granted uh, Priest granted a request from his attorneys to be freed on 10000 bond bond p- pending appeal. Prosecutor said it could mean delay will be free for months or even years as his appeal makes it through the Texas court system. Well, that's a shame. The former representative had faced up to a life in prison. He should have gotten it. That's just what you would get if you were doing this uh, for drug money. He did it for political uh, money, which ended up... Understand how his scheme went here. He he used corporate money uh, to influence statewide races which is about the only campaign law that texas has just about anything else is legal and he funneled the money from corporations uh... in or outside of texas into a federal pack which then gave the money to a state pack et cetera et cetera then he did this very consciously uh... because he knew what he was doing was against the law he then in two thousand two Managed to get a balance of Republicans elected to the Texas state legislature, wherein it threw control to Republicans in the Texas State House, allowed them to redistrict the congressional districts in the state of Texas, thereby causing um, a handful of Democrats to lose who had otherwise won even in the tide of uh, Republicans in 2002 and thereby solidifying his own power in the house uh, in uh, in Washington so this guy had a very complicated scheme to affect uh, federal legislation state legislation all by money laundering uh the man was horribly corrupt he used his power and enhanced his power uh, through a tremendous amount of corruption, and then went on to do things like, you know, protect slave labor in Saipan and do a lot of uh, <laughs> golfing with corporate buddies. So, uh, Tom Delay, I know you'll be out of prison while your appeal uh, continues on, but. Let me just say I uh, cannot wait for that day to hear the uh, bars shut and you uh, you go on having to try and I don't know, trade a pack of cigarettes for uh, not getting beat up.
16: Get out the way Mr. shot shot tips. To- Suspicious. They're probably planning a heist. Is wanting to go to the strippers. It makes him feel all nice.
17: Hey, I have some good news because I see you're a little frowny over there. Oh, you said. Tom DeLay is going to prison.
18: An actual criminal is going to prison. Great
17: news. He could be getting anywhere. Three years. I heard three. I heard up to five years.
18: Now, what is somebody and I don't know this. Um, I've done no research today on anything, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. I've been talking about mixed martial arts with Fox News people. That's not true. With great people and Fox News person. What a crime like his is three years. Are people satisfied with this? Is this an actual good sentence? I
17: think people are amazed by this only because it is a white dude of privilege who used to be a politician who's actually being held accountable for the shit he's done.
18: Well, I, but I, I, I know that, but I just didn't because he's a white dude of privilege, I assumed, and I saw 3 years. At first I was really happy, but then I'm like, "Oh, what is the regular punishment for this like 10 years, and that's why he has 3?"
17: I mean, it's money laundering. So, if you asked me what the sentence should be for something like money laundering, I I actually think that's a fair sentence. If it was more than that because the dude happens to be black or Hispanic, I would say that's excessive. Sure. You know, but I mean, I don't know money laundering. You know if that's what they got him on. Right. Three to five years for laundering money.
18: Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Well, that's great. I mean, I mean,
17: I'm just ecstatic that a sentence was handed down, and I hope he'll serve the full term.
18: I mean, if anyone's gonna pardon him, it's Obama, right?
17: yeah that would never happen
18: yeah yeah he's been so good on everything else right, right, right. did you get to catch any of the delays did he get did he give a statement afterwards did he cry
17: i didn't see anything about that oh no. i hope
18: he cried
17: yeah let's
18: just say he did how did he handle being ejected from dancing with the stars because i can only assume it's a little worse than that
17: ironically enough I I bet you it's not as bad because Tom DeLay takes his dancing very seriously he'll be able to dance in his little prison show it won't be the same though there won't be cameras that's true and he won't have his fancy clothing
18: now is he gonna be in a like uh, a white guy prison
17: yes of course
18: which I'm not one of those people I mean I I'm
17: just I'm sorry I'm assuming that like can you imagine him in federal maximum (laughs) security for money laundering
18: I've been imagining that every night before I go to sleep (laughs) Every That's night.
17: why you always look so happy. I just ee, ee, and yeah. So that happened. I just wanted to give a little ray of uh, good news to everybody out there.
18: See, guys, every time you're like, There's no hope, what are we gonna do? What you're gonna do is you're gonna sit back, you're gonna close your eyes, you're gonna imagine, imagine Tom Delay ballroom dancing alone in his prison cell.
16: You know you're in trouble when you're reduced to calling Dennis Hastert as a character witness. After all, when he was Speaker of the U.S. House, Hastert ran the place as a pay-to-play whorehouse, openly trading legislative favors for the campaign cash waved around by frisky corporate lobbyists. Who in the world would want Hastert to vouch for their ethical virtue? Tom DeLay, the former GOP Majority Leader and the one Congress critter who was even sleazier. Having been convicted last fall by a Texas jury for illegally laundering corporate money into some state legislative races, DeLay was back in the courthouse on January 10th for sentencing. Was Tom respectfully repentant? Come on, does a skunk smell its own stink? No, no, nothing is ever his fault. Even though he had also been reprimanded by his own colleagues for schmoozing with favor-seeking lobbyists and for commandeering a federal agency in one of his partisan actions against Democrats. He dismissed that come-up and says nothing but, quote, a warning ticket. Bad metaphor, since he clearly sped right through the warning. Now a convicted felon, Delay blames Democrats for his, quote, persecution, even though the jury that found him guilty included Republicans and Independents. At his sentencing, the closest he got to expressing contrition about his corruption was to admit that sometimes he comes off as arrogant. However, he even denied that his arrogance was bad, quickly explaining to the judge, I like to think of it as Texas cocky. Hmm, how about Texas stupid? This is Jim Hightower saying, the judge was not amused by Delay's insistence that he is the victim. Before there were Republicans and Democrats, the judge said, there was America, and what America is about is the rule of law. Pointedly noting that I agree with the jury's verdict, The judge then sentenced Clueless Tom to three years in state prison and ten years of probation.
3: This just in from Tom DeLay, Austin, Texas, is full of liberals, and that's why I'm headed to jail in our number two story tonight, The Hammer, who was sentenced Monday to three years in prison for money laundering, is now blaming the jury's liberal bias. In November, 12 jurors in Austin, Texas, found DeLay guilty of funneling nearly $200,000 in illegal corporate donations to Republican candidates for this Texas State House in 2002. Six of those candidates won, helping Republicans take over the Texas legislature. This, in turn, helped DeLay pass a redistricting plan that helped elect more GOP representatives to the National Congress, consolidating his power as House Majority Leader. This morning, DeLay and his lawyers went on the Today Show to argue that the trial was politically motivated.
4: I was tried in, in the most liberal county in the state of Texas and indeed in, in the United States. Getting, getting a jury, the, the, the foreman of, of the jury was a Greenpeace activist. Tom DeLay was prosecuted
16: because he was so successful in bringing about redistricting in Texas.
3: Travis County, where Austin is located, is bluer than most of the state. 64% of the residents voted for Obama in 2008. But calling it the most liberal uh, county in the country might be just a stretch. However, a day before the jury announced their unanimous verdict, DeLay told reporters he thought the jury's political makeup would work in his favor, because he believed liberals were more empathetic, saying, quote, unquote, I know them like they're my brothers and sisters. And although the facts of the case were never in dispute, DeLay still denies his guilt, saying, I can't be remorseful for something I don't think I did. He's currently out on bail pending his appeal.
7: Tom uh, Delay, we had told you was convicted on funneling money illegally in Texas uh, to certain uh, politicians. Well, he's been sentenced to three years in prison. Now that's a pretty long sentence. He faced life sentence. Okay, now political corruption is very, very serious. But it's interesting because uh, what he was convicted of is uh, directing corporate money into local campaigns, political campaigns in Texas. And in Texas, that is illegal. You cannot direct corporate money into campaigns, which is fantastic, by the way. I wish that was the law uh, all across the nation. And what Delay had done was taken $190,000 in corporate money uh, to an arm of the Washington based Republican National Committee. And the committee had then sent it to seven Texas House uh, candidates on the Republican side. And then when they won, they used it to redistrict so they could get even more Republican congressmen elected in Texas. And uh and the jury convicted him of it. And in the sentencing uh portion, uh the judge actually said it did not allow the prosecutors to present some of their evidence because they said, Oh, it's circumstantial, whatever it might be. And despite that, he's still got a three-year prison sentence. Now he's gonna appeal it, we'll see what happens on appeal, but if Tom DeLay goes to jail for three years, that would be justice. And that would be great news and hopefully that discourages others from funneling corporate money into buying our politicians. And I love Texas' tough laws laws on that. And the fact that they got Tom DeLay and a jury of his peers said he's got to go to prison for what he did in trying to corrupt our politics. That's good news.
11: calling from Ashfield Ashfield, Massachusetts. Um uh your recent um, comment on the on the air reminded me of my my own impression of Rachel Maddow's comments regarding WikiLeaks. Um she completely got it wrong. Um she has a tendency to be pro US um pro um administration and government and likes to tout the United States. Um, talking about great state of this and from the great state of that and such. And this was another example where she just failed to, her, her, her attempt to be pro-US um, failed to, to get the point. Um, she accused WikiLeaks of and leaking of being a problem because false information can be leaked. False information is leaked all the time by our government. False information is spouted, just stated outright by our government, not as a function of pretending it was a leak. Um, this cable, apparently, was an attempt to deceive the United States public. Um, and, and WikiLeaks is not responsible for that. They reveal that our government formulates um, 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 documents that are intended to deceive our public, the public of the United States. And that is, that is the problem. Um, whether the government is lying straight to our face in a news conference, whether they're lying by releasing documents um intentionally, um, and whether they're lying by us discovering through WikiLeaks and such that they are proposing to lie to our, gov- to our, to the people of the United States. The problem is the government lying, not WikiLeaks. Yes, responsible journalism has to be done to find out which ones are true and which ones are not. And that's the responsibility of the journalists. But WikiLeaks is exposing our government's attempt to formulate lies to deceive the public. And that is the problem. She missed it. She blew it. Um, she has a need to be critical of WikiLeaks. Um, in, the, in, in I guess I'm not exactly sure why, um, but but it is an example of where she has she's gone wrong. Um, she does it often um, in this regard. And though I do appreciate very much much of her comments that come out throughout this this program and others. Um, anyhow, take care and I love your show, Jay. Uh, keep it up. Thanks. Bye. Hey Jay, this is Matt. For job
2: reasons, I'd rather not say where I'm calling from. I wanted to comment on your January 15th show where you addressed death panels. I'm an emergency medicine doctor, and unlike Governor Palin and the right-wing punditry, or for that matter, the left-wing punditry, I actually see these people we're talking about who are at the end of their life. You know, end-of-life care is complicated and involves many conflicting emotions for the patient and the family. Unfortunately, we docs are pretty bad at talking to people about this, so... Frequently, I take care of people who roll into the ER breathing 60 a minute and who need life sustaining therapies to be started in the next five minutes, or they're literally going to die. And this is probably the first time their family members thought about it, so they're trying to make those tough decisions with limited information in a very high stress situation. It's obviously not ideal for patient care. What is ideal is a calm discussion with the family doctor who you've known for 20 or 30 years when first get diagnosed with that cancer or whatever it is, that's eventually going to kill you. And to politicize this discussion between a sick patient and their doctor is frankly beyond the pale. And let's remember that this this major opposition talking point came from a Facebook posting by someone who can't name a newspaper. We're all going to die, Jay, and only the Congressional Republicans seem to be unable to face this fact. If we can't have a rational discussion about expensive, expensive therapies at the end of life that don't prolong people's life or having to have further good experiences, what can we have a rational discussion about? Thanks, man. Love the show.
11: Keep it up. Hey there, Jay. It's Fred Breeden from Ashfield, Massachusetts, again, because I don't know if I was so clear on one point. Um, My complaint about Rachel Maddow is that she she tends to be more jingoist and pro-USA, and I am much more interested in justice and truth whether the United States is on the side of it or not is immaterial. Well, not entirely immaterial, I obviously prefer to be on the side of that, but my my interest is to, to, to put forth truth and justice and not to put forth whether the United States is right she recently came out with a program. Whether you put it on or not, I don't know. But she, she, where she's touting the United, the great thing about United States democracy, the thing that it that it that it can that we can feel reverent about and and um, love about the United States is it's, its its democracy. The fact that we can debate and discuss and without vilifying, um, this country has a very mixed history of democracy of people being able to debate and discuss without fear of violence. Um, there's been much violence. There's actually one of the major major um, violent episodes was the Civil War where our country had a problem with dealing with um, an issue and without resorting to violence. Um, It is a history that our country has. It's a history that we should feel shameful of. Some people just voted out um, slavery out of existence. Our government and our country had to have a massive war killing thousands of people. Um, So, anyhow. I think we have a lot to a lot to be desired regarding our history of democracy, and um, and uh, she seems to miss that in most every case when she's talking about this country. Thank you. Take care. I'm not sure that cleared things up. Have a good day.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you would like to leave a comment, question, or activist call to action yourself to be played on the show, the number to dial is 206-202-3410. And today I'm going to continue my source story series, except this time I don't really have a story to go along with it, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about one of the sources. Uh, for the show and then say uh, that I don't really have much to say about them. <laughs> but uh, so today's source that I want to talk about is the Rachel Maddow show and Rachel Maddow as, uh, as an individual. And um, so the background story for her with me really doesn't go any deeper than the fact that I found her many, many years ago when she was uh, a morning show host on Air America Radio. I probably found her uh, maybe at the very end of 2003 more likely sometime in 2004 and have uh, you know been a fan ever since what i had to say about her from my own perspective is that uh, i'm very proud and very happy to be able to say uh, how right i was in my prediction so many years ago that i made you know nowhere other than in my own head that she would experience or should experience great success in her career, which she has. She's gone from local radio to national radio to uh, national television being on on cable. And, um, of course, I found none of this to be surprising whatsoever because uh, I've since the first time I heard her show, I found it to be a, a better combination of humor and talent and pure intellect and smarts that she has, that she brings to her show, than just about anything else I've ever heard. So so the fact that she's been as successful as she has is not the least bit surprising to me. As I said, I have no connection with her myself. I have no stories to tell. I've never uh, met her been in contact with her or anyone on her staff at any time. But over the years, I've heard a couple of firsthand comments from people who have met her. Uh, the ones that come to mind off the top of my head are uh, Ben Mankiewicz from The Young Turks, as well as Jamie and Allison from Citizen Radio, who, who met her more recently. And and I know that there have been more um, that I'm not thinking of, but I've never heard anyone have an ill word to say against Rachel, ever. And, and every story that's told is, you cannot believe how genuinely nice she is and how uh, how true that personality is that comes through in her show. And you know, that's really her. So um, since those are the only sources I have to go by, I thought I would pass those along, uh, as well as my encouragement for you to check out her show yourself. If you've only heard her on my program, then you're really missing a lot. She ends up producing so much quality material that a disproportionate amount of her programming ends up on my cut in room floor because I wish I could use it, but I can't fit it in and you know, so anyways, If you've only heard her on my show, you're missing out on a lot. Um, I I highly recommend you either check her out live uh, on MSNBC at 9 o'clock Eastern and Pacific, or I'm very thankful that MSNBC produces her show, both the audio and the video version, and makes those available for free on iTunes as a podcast. Now, the last time I told a source story in this series, I was asked, uh, so this is great, so you've done this more than once, where can I find the other source stories? Which episodes are they in? So uh, I will both tell you the episodes and how to find them if you want to find them yourself. So uh, the, the series started on December 2nd. So episode number four thirty-four, I talk about the majority report. On December 29th, there was, I posted a bonus episode. It was a repost from a uh, you know previously aired episode, but the ending was new. I, I told a story on that episode as well, and I actually told the story about on the media from WNYC, you know, the NPR station, and that story actually tells of the origin of the theme song of my show. So definitely check that out. And then on January twelfth, episode number four four four, I've told the story about uh, the Young Turks. So those are the three episodes besides this one that contain stories about sources to the show. And if you want to find them yourself, on into the future, there will always be in the show notes listed, you know that there's a source story series segment. Uh, and so, and what that means is that you can just search for it on the blog at the top of my website, bestoftheleft.com. There's a search bar. And if you just type in, and I, I would recommend putting it in quotes, source story series, then all of the episodes that include uh, source stories will pop right up. Now, before I go, I just have to thank a couple of members, as I always do. Whitney R. signed up for a leftist membership back on June 22nd, a monthly membership, and has been sticking with the show ever since then. And J.M., that's the first name, uh, J.M.G., signed up for a yearly membership back on January 18th, 2010, which means that J.M. actually just renewed for another year Uh, just a couple of days ago. So huge thanks to Whitney and JM for sticking with the show. And as well as, of course, all of the members and donors who make the show possible. I couldn't do it without you guys. Everyone, 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 you know, I I say this every time, but let me put a little more emphasis on this. Seriously, you listening right now with uh, absolutely no ability to help the show financially, don't worry about it. What you do have the ability to do is tell your friends and family this show has absolutely no advertising budget whatsoever. It's completely word of mouth and maybe by chance people will find it in iTunes uh, just by looking for news shows. But seriously, uh, take three minutes and send an email to five people and tell them, hey, I listen to this show and love it. You should listen to it. You'll love it too. So that's how everyone can support the show, of course, and then you can stay tuned into the show as well as spreading the word to your friends and family online by joining up with us on Facebook and Twitter. For details on the show itself, including links, all the sources and music used in this and every episode, all of that information is posted in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay and this has been the Best of the Left podcast coming to you 10 times a month thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com.
10: Light, bright, smile, black and white
5: Cause you took apart a picture that wasn't right Pitch burning on a shining sheet The only maker that you want to meet A dying man in a living room The shadow bases the floor Who'll take you out